Chapter 19 There was no time to talk about it. We had to get that Skritna ship up and out of that cradle before it occurred to the Yerks that we were stealing it. No time to talk about it. But time to feel something of the terror Arbron felt. I had been in Taxon Morph. I had felt the hunger. I'd rather be dead than be trapped in that body forever. Arbron's weak Taxon arms pushed all the right buttons, and I felt the soft vibration of the engines reaching full power. The Ged controllers outside must have felt it too. Suddenly, they stopped pounding on the ship. They were probably running for dear life. The radiation blasts of the engines would be captured and contained within the cradle. But if you were still hanging around on that cradle when the engines came on, you wouldn't last long. Ready? I asked Arbron. Ready. Then hang on, because I don't know how much of a kick these Skritna ships have. I punched up a burn, and we rose from the pad. Unfortunately, we didn't rise very quickly. What is the matter with this thing? I yelled. I looked at the airspeed indicator. We were doing a bare thousand miles per hour, and the acceleration rate was way too slow. It'll take us ten minutes just to get escape velocity, Arbon cried. Your ships will be all over us before we can even think about going to zero space, I said. The time matrix, Arbon said. We can use it. We can escape through time. No, we don't know how fast it works. If we try to activate the time matrix, the power signature will light up every Yerk sensor within a million miles. What if it takes ten minutes for it to work? Besides, we don't know who else might get mad if you use that thing. What? You're worried about what some prince will say if we survive? No, I'm not worried about our superiors. Or at least, I figure my career in the military is already destroyed. Then what are you... Arbron fell silent. Then he laughed. Are you kidding me? You're worried about some mythical elements? Mythical? That's what some people used to say about the time matrix itself. Someone built that machine. Who else, if not the Elemists? And do we want to take the chance of making them angry? I felt a little foolish. My parents had told me Elemist stories when I was a child. Stories of the all-powerful, inexplicable creatures who sometimes interfered in the affairs of simpler species. I halfway expected a snide remark from Arbron. But Arbron didn't answer. He was staring at his display board. At least, I guess he was staring. Taxon eyes don't exactly focus normally. Yerk patrol ship coming up on an intercept vector. It's a bugfighter. Can we take on a bugfighter? Are you kidding? All the Skritna ever have are second-hand low-power Dracon beams the Yerk sell off for scrap. That bugfighter has twin penetrator-class Dracon beams. We can't trade shots with them. He was right, and I should have remembered that. But I was shaken, confused. My brain was spinning at a million revolutions per second and going nowhere. I had to think. Focus. The airspeed gauge now showed 2,020 miles per hour. The hull was blistering hot from the air resistance. Wait a minute. Bugfighters are slow in atmosphere, right? They can't handle the heat. We can. So far, at least. We're doing better than 2,000 miles per hour. We're faster than they are in atmosphere. You're going to try and outrun them in the atmosphere? You have a better option? We have a second bugfighter on us, Arbon answered. Two more launching. We're going to the grass, I said, hoping I sounded more confident than I felt. I'll need direct vision, real time, real aspect. 
open a window. Arbon played his console, and suddenly the panel in front of me became a window. I could see the superheated air blazing around the ship. I nosed the stubby, round ship down. As we dropped, we picked up speed. Passing 3,000 miles per hour! Down, 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 at over 3,000 miles per hour! The brown dust of the taxon world leaped up at us. Spacecraft are designed for the almost total vacuum of space. Usually they are barely functional in atmosphere. But the Skritna were scavengers, who went from planet to planet, kidnapping and stealing and performing their inexplicable medical experiments. So they needed ships that could handle atmosphere. But nothing is really designed to do 3,000 miles an hour in atmosphere, let alone 50 feet off the ground. We had been seven miles up, right at the outer edge of the taxon atmosphere. We dropped back down to ground level in 5.8 seconds. Yeah! Yeah! We both screamed in a mix of utter terror and shocking excitement. Let me tell you something. Millions of miles an hour in empty space is nothing compared to 3,000 miles an hour going straight for the ground. Pull up! Pull up! Pull up! I pulled up as the collision warning screamed in the Skritna language. We blew across the Taxon Desert, trailing sonic booms that must have sounded like nuclear explosions going off in our wake. Can you get the bugfighters on visual? I asked. On screen! I saw two bugfighters racing after us, one behind the other. Their hulls glowed bright with friction heat, but they weren't backing off. Fine, I muttered. Let's see who's faster. I raised the burn and felt a slight lurch as the engines pushed harder still. 3,200 miles per hour, Arbon reported. 3.3k. 3.4k. Hull temperature is... You don't even want to know. 3.5k. 3,500 miles an hour. The ground was a blur. We were a blazing meteorite. We were an arrow of flame as we shot across the taxon world at impossible speeds. The scruffy bushes and stunted trees of the taxon world burst into flame as we passed over. We were drawing a line of fire around the planet. Pull up! Arbon yelled. Mountains rose up like a wall. Where did they come from? I cried as I pulled up, straining every atom in the Skritna ship. The ship bucked like a dying beast in its final agony. But we climbed. Up. Up. Are we going to clear? Before I could answer, we shot over the mountain wall. I swear I heard the bottom scrape as we cleared the height. Unfortunately, the Yerks knew the local topography. They'd been ready for them. They had adjusted easily and had gained on us. A red dracon beam lanced past us, missing by inches. They were close enough now to shoot. We were approaching the dividing line between night and day. I could see it rushing toward me. Suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the lead bugfighter simply explode. The air friction had finally worn down its compensators, and the craft had burned to a cinder in a split second. Yeah, ha! One year fried! I exulted. Elfingor, we're next if we don't slow down, Arbon warned. There are still three bugfighters on our tail, I said. We are about five minutes away from burning up, Arbron said. Can you guarantee those bugfighters will cinder before we do? What do you have in mind? We take a shot. One, two, three. They won't be ready. They won't expect it. I turned my stalk eyes to stare at Arbron. No one can make that shot. I can, he said. With taxon eyes? I didn't want to throw that in his face, 
but I had to be realistic. With taxon reaction times? With Skritnod targeting computers? I can make the shot, Elfengor, he said calmly. Look, Arbron, I want to come out of this alive. And you think I don't care if I live or die, right? He said bitterly. Maybe you're right. This hunger? Elfengor, you felt it. You know. But I can still make this shot. You always laugh at me wanting to be a hero, I said. Now who's playing hero? He didn't answer. I looked at the whole temperature readout. He was right. We would cinder in a few minutes. You know what's funny? I wanted to ask the captain what to do. It seemed ridiculous that I should make a life-and-death decision like this. Princes made those kinds of decisions. Captains made those decisions. Only, I was the captain. And if I was wrong, we would dig a hole in the taxon dirt at 3,000 miles an hour. Okay, Arbron, I said. In ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, 